of everything, so much has happened in the last week in the NHL, and we're here to talk about it. It's late and we're tired, plus we don't have any notes, so who knows how this is going to go. I do think the Blues just drafted a Psyduck in the first round of the NHL draft, so that'll be fun to discuss. Plus, we'll answer whether Mark Bergevin is the worst. Probably. We'll tackle all that ahead, so let's get started, and let's go Blues. guys one cup podcast it is thursday uh july 23rd quickly becoming friday july 24th it's friday july 23rd quickly becoming saturday july 24th you got it i woke up in murfreesboro pennsylvania tennessee (laughs) this will go smoothly should i tell the people the story sometime or should i just leave them hanging you should tell them a story later we'll tell them later (laughs) oh there's a story (laughs) We've talked about it, and we'll talk yeah. about it after the podcast, but we won't tell the no, people. Yeah, it's one of those. We like to, we'll talk about it later. You remind me later, I maybe dish it out to the people. Oh, yeah, that's a great story. We're going to forget 100%, <laughs> folks. Uh, you know what? If you, if you need to know, you, you'll find out eventually. It'll, it'll be told on this podcast yeah. at some As point. As the kids say, if you know, you, you know. You know, exactly. As all the kids say. Um... Yeah, I was in uh, I was in Jacksonville, Florida, about twenty nine hours ago, and now I'm back. Your second home. <sighs> yep, <laughs> that came out angrier than I wanted to, but here we are. A lot's happened in the NHL. So much has happened. We have zero notes, so we're just gonna talk about stuff, and then maybe. Sometime next week, we'll do like a less crazy podcast, free agent frenzy night or something, yeah, perhaps. Same. I guess we'll move it up to Wednesday, or or is it? It is Wednesday, yeah, right? right. All right? We'll figure it out. We'll do it. We'll make it work, folks. There are no rules on this island anymore. And the two guys one cup podcast, by the way, tonight being recorded in that weird like VFW hall where they locked all the U.S. national team development players in. Uh, with, like, Brian Boucher and his kid and, like, a bunch of other people that were, like, not all that excited to be drafted by NHL teams. Yeah, it was Uh, very weird that they made them sit with their families and only the family table cheered and everyone else behind them just kind of sat there and was like, yay, I guess. Yeah. Uh, It also had the weird, uh, I don't know if your elementary school had this, but it didn't have, like, the walls that could move. Oh, where yeah. It's like, hey, it this is a classroom, uh-huh. but next year, this other area will be a different classroom. Yeah. We were actually back behind those foldable walls uh, next to the representatives from Seven Guys, Pizza and Wing. Uh, spoiler alert, four of the guys are missing <laughs> and presumed dead. So, you know, <laughs> weird stuff. Uh, folks, let's talk. I guess, Ian, I guess let's go back. And just quickly touch on, because there's not that much upon which to touch, uh, the NHL expansion draft. Seattle, just a fart in church. (laughs) Baby, I'm a little scared. I want them, I I did decide this week, 
uh, that I want them to do a sea shanty as their goal song. <laughs> uh, there's this one that I saw in like a meme video, like a TikTok, I guess. Yeah. I guess one of those TikTok things the kids talk about. Kids and do it's love so TikTok, freaking yeah. catchy. Maybe it'll be the outro today, but I'll probably forget. Um, but uh, I really, even though it doesn't really work quite as like a fire you up sort of uh, goal song, I still want it. Or. Yeah. Or like it's it's probably just gonna be Spoon Man or something. I think. Spoon Man. <laughs> That's not how we What did you think? Uh, what did you think of like the overall presentation? It felt awkward. I mean, the scenery, gorgeous. Yeah. You put anything on Puget Sound, that's a winner. But uh, it felt a little weird. It felt a little like. Forced, I guess, is the best word for it. It's like, you could be a big, cool... You can't be as cool as Vegas, right? Because Vegas is its own thing. Mm -hmm. But you could be a big, cool thing. But then you're, like, forcing Macklemore out there. And he, like, sort of cares. But then you're, like, trying to pretend that Sean Kemp gives a crap about Eunice Donskoy when he can't even (laughs) pronounce his name. And Marshawn Lynch is having fun. Like, good for him. I'm sure that that's cool. I think that's all good for the league, but it's just on the first two productions of uh, ESPN for the NHL with the draft, you know, I'm willing to give them a little bit more leeway. Sorry for the old Slack notification there because uh, it sucks anyway that they can't be in a building, you know, mm-hmm. so I'm willing to give them a little bit of lever- freedom there, except, oh, oh my God. God, did the NHL go out of its way to make that as boring as possible. I guess their draft is always sort of boring mm-hmm. compared to, like, the ones with a lot of production value, mostly the NFL, NBA. But, like, man, it seemed just slow as hell tonight. Maybe because I also don't know a ton about these players and, like, there's not super exciting guys to watch. But focused on the Kraken a little underwhelmed. It's a little awkward. What's mm-hmm. his name? Fowler wasn't landing as many jokes as he thought he was landing. He did. He did seem to be roasting other teams. Whether yeah. whether he was trying to intentionally do it to get you know laughs or not, he did seem to have a lot of teams. Were like this team's rebuilding, and they're re- they've been rebuilding for yeah. a while, and it's like whoa whoa whoa. It's gonna be roll. hard to pick a good player off the Sabers because they. <laughs> Suck. Sorry, <laughs> Sabres fans. Just facts. Pretty and it's much. Like, I'm like, okay. All right. I mean, you're not wrong. I like. Jesus. I like it, but Jesus, that's a little hurt. I know. They yeah, know what team they're cheering for. Um, yeah. Overall, I like that it was. I think I like that it was outside versus inside. It also made more sense for for COVID and the world we live in. Mm. But it did also feel kind of like. I don't know, like an NFL pregame yeah. where I was like, hey, here's all the fans outside and here's the draft. And then when it was done, it was kind of like, and now what? And it's like, yeah. that's your team. A team has been formed. Yeah, it felt more important with Vegas. And yeah. maybe that's because they were the first expansion team in like 16 yeah, years or really whatever. In almost any sport. But like this one, it felt a little more like I kind of forgot that by the end I was like, oh, so. Seattle has a, a full team, team now, now yeah. and that's what it is. Well, does it though? <laughs> I I've looked at that roster a couple of times, and I think I think we could, like they could just drop a couple of bombs on mm. free agent day, and if they do that, then they're set. You know, if they go get like Dougie Hamilton. 
I don't think it's a long shot that they get both Hamilton and Landis gone. But let's say they get one of those two dudes mm. and then like another top whoever, you know, like Schwartz. I mean, I'm, I want us to probably move on from Schwartz at this point, especially with the awesome deal we'll talk about a little later on. But, um, you know, let's say they go get Schwartz, they get maybe another third line type of guy and they, they nail down one of those really big high profile guys. Then that's looking like a team that's definitely going to compete for, compete for a playoff spot in the Pacific. Cause that's not that hard to do in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, but it's certainly as they were going through there and obviously we, all the picks were spoiled in advance, which just for the record is the NHL's fault, not Frank oh, Saravelli's yeah. fault. That's his job. It annoyed me, but it was also one of those things, too, where it's like, if I don't want to see this, I can just get off Twitter, and I'll be fine. For sure, but also, like, the NHL could just not have a 12-hour window <laughs> oh, yeah. for these things to be found out. Have them submitted at 10 a.m., and it's yeah. like, yeah, so they have to notify the players, yeah. and they have to notify the teams, so not you're not having to just keep a cap on Seattle as a franchise. Right. It's now... At, 30 other teams that they know exactly what's going yeah. on and all their beat writers know and it's just everywhere. And if you want certain players, excuse me, to be there on stage, that's fine. They're, I mean, you know, Marchi Ordano was a pretty chalky pick. Mm-hmm. I don't think, nothing was spoiled when we found that out that he was going. And, yeah. Uh, but on the other hand, then like Brandon Tanev, completely out of left field. So like, I don't know. You, you, you just, I mean, they're not going to do it. For like years, so probably so they can't really learn from their mistakes. Right. But um, just seems like a a little bit of a disappointment. Probably this happened last time, and we just don't remember it now. And you know, in hindsight, it all fades. But I think it did. We were just uh, that we were in infancy. This podcast was in its infancy. Oh, we were a wee baby podcast. So new. So. So go, new. So go listen new. to the first one, and now listen to this one, and I'll we tell you have, what. You know what we've done? It we've, we've gotten, gotten better. better. Yes, significantly. <laughs> it's a personal record. Um, Maybe you gotta break those PRs. <laughs> a couple of picks that um, the Seattle Kraken did not make. Uh, they did not pick Carey Price, which obviously was the big scuttlebutt discussion piece. Made made sense, but also also sad. It's good. Here's the thing. Once again, if they if they go out and they get a really good team, sign a couple free agents, maybe pull off one trade or something, then it sort of makes sense, you know. Mm-hmm. And you're building around uh, what's the guy that got drafted tonight? Bernier or Berniers or however yeah. you say it. Um, and you know, cool. But if they're like bad, like if their whole, we're going to add cat space thing is cause like, we don't want to spend too much money while we're building for 2025, mm-hmm. then you should have friggin' gotten Carey Price to come in and there, be the face of your franchise, excite your players, sell a ton of jerseys. I know that it's not a good contract. Everybody in the world knows that. But he's a superstar in this league. He's one of the most famous players in hockey. He's from the BC area, I think, so he's close by, close to home. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's just it's gonna make sense if it makes sense, and it won't if it doesn't. That's what I say. <laughs> That's my daring take. It would have just been more exciting because there were some exciting picks they could have made, and it uh-huh. seems like they really didn't. Even the big names they took, like Giordano. Um, we already, like I said, already kind of knew. So right. it, was like, it wasn't a big deal. I was hoping for some surprises. 
wanted him to take Tarasenko just for funsies. Yeah. I mean, obviously gets the the money off the Blues books, but none of that either. Um, Dylan McDermott mm-hmm. taking him out of the Kings. Uh, or Dermot Mulroney, whichever one <laughs> was. But, but, I mean, they obviously uh, went a route where they were trying to get young guys. Young, I mean, they're all very young. Cheap big. and big. Those, yeah. were the, those were the three big ones. And, um, look, I like what they did on defense. I yeah, think Alexiak Larson done, obviously. It's just sad. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk about that in a minute. But those, those three, Susie, I think, is fine. Like, mm-hmm. if they don't trade him... Uh, he's fine. Giordano, very good. You know, that's a, that's pretty solid. That's probably middle of the pack, at least. Yeah, NHL decor. defensive yeah. core. Um, and the goaltenders, I don't think, you know, you don't have a guy that you know is like a proven, viable 50 to 60 game scar- starter. Uh, 40 to 50 game starter even. But like, you've got two guys that did real well last season. Mm-hmm. And Joey Dackard, who a lot of people really like. Um, so, you know, you've got that, that's fine. Uh, just that forward core is like a second line and four third lines yeah, I was to trying me. To, I was trying to look through it and I was like, Yanni Gord is on your first line. Um, and then I was just trying to, Jordan Eberle, I suppose, is on your first line. And that's really the only, and like Jonas Donskoy. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's not pretty, which is why I think maybe if you go out and get a, a whoever. You barely have a first line. What can you do with any of your other yeah. lines? Yeah, that'll be interesting. I they've, they've got moves to make because I know that Pacific Division isn't very strong and maybe you win games 2-1. But... I mean, the flip side is you could argue that there's two very good drafts coming up and t- tanking makes a little sense, but they didn't go out and get a ton of picks and prospects and stuff you know like and i realize apparently i will give them the benefit of the doubt and let's say that for the first time in entire recorded history general managers actually learned from their own mistakes and as a collective unit of 31 in this case Mm -hmm. managed to prevent from just wearing egg all over their face by paying him way too much to keep them from taking whoever yeah. forced them to take well, whoever else. Well, it also else, sounds but... like the price for that was really high, like a yeah. first and a third, basically, for yeah. you to tell Seattle who to take off <laughs> your team. First and a third for them to take Rasmus Ristolainen <laughs> off a team today, so I wouldn't call that know, price right? too high, but <laughs> um, we'll talk about that, too. Or we won't, folks, we don't even know what's going to happen. Email us. Email yeah, us if we tell miss us, anything. Tell us the ending, please. Papa John's um, at Gmail. John dies at the end. Anyway... Um, yeah, it's just, and this was true with the Blues, too, and I think we can talk about the roller coaster a little bit because of the press conference after this, but in the moment, it didn't make sense. And as a fan, as somebody who wants immediate gratification all the time, and I don't deny that I fall into that, too, but it's hard in that moment you've been waiting all these years i think i heard uh, adam wild maybe talking about this or maybe it was one of the puck soup guys but they were talking about like um yeah i think it was sean from puck soup was like uh, some kraken fans reached out to him and were like man from the hop it seemed like this organization got every single decision right on the money all the way through every single bit of it and then like two not even two months ago like four weeks ago 
they hire Dave Hackstall and you're like, oh, wait a minute. And like from there, it's just been a little bit of a spiral. And, you know, I think they probably had a little felt they had a little more leeway to play him for the future because they had the second pick rather than, you know, the fifth or sixth or whatever the the uh, coyote or the Golden Knights have, which they just traded their first ever first round pick in Cody Glass uh, to get uh, Nolan Patrick. Patrick. Yeah. Weird trade for the Golden Knights. They just they just do stuff, man. That'd be such a that'd be fun to ride that roller coaster with them, but no, it wouldn't at the same time. Uh, yeah, heart attack. So yeah, we gotta wait and see on the Kraken, but nothing overwhelming as of yet for sure. Mm-hmm. Cool to see the Flurry Brothers reunited. I guess the vaunted Flurry <laughs> Brothers. But... They need their third brother though, Mark right. Andre. <laughs> Exactly. Gotta wait on him. Um, the expansion draft happened. The trade freeze opened the next night, uh, but or the next afternoon. But in between, Doug Armstrong with a press conference oh, that boy. did not inspire confidence. Obviously, we already know one big move that's happened. We'll talk about your thoughts. It was bad. We were we were pretty upset, and we expressed that upset on Twitter, and people expressed their upset that we were upset. But what were your thoughts on the Doug Armstrong presser? Yeah, the one on Thursday that seemed like every GM had that was kind of basically talking about what their plans were heading into the draft and the free agency, but also addressing whatever player it was that they lost um, in the Seattle expansion draft and wishing them well. Uh, yeah, I didn't enjoy what Armstrong talked about in this press conference. It was a lot about kind of throwing some smoke out there about Tarasenko basically saying that, Hey, um, I have, we haven't found anything where we like the return on what we're getting for Tarasenko. And my, my duties are to the team and its fans, uh, before any individual player. So it was basically like, Hey, we're just, I mean, he was playing hardball, right? He was pretty much mm. just saying, I'm going to hold on to this guy. I'm going to hold on to Tarasenko until I get what I want for him. Otherwise he's under contract. And he basically said, well, there's a chance that Tarasenko still plays for the Blues this season. Um, I think my initial reaction was like, gross. I mean, I'd love Tarasenko to stay here, but that bridge is burned. Yeah. Um, but I just want to interject. Yeah. There is not a chance. Oh, no. He's Tarasenko no. plays here this season. I would say Lou Korak tends to kind of tow company line a lot, and he was like super against that. He was like, I find it 0% chance that uh, Tarasenko comes back. Yeah, and so... After thinking about it some more, I realized, well, this is probably Armstrong basically throwing the spotlight on Tarasenko, being like, hey, we, we don't get a big return for you right now, um, and we hold your contract, so if we can't get anything for you, you got to play for us, sorry. Um, which might just mean that he opens up his no-trade clause a bit more, you know, or waves it so that the Blues can just find anybody... Uh, or anyone a suitor for him. So we'll see how things go. They did say that talks on that front picked up more this afternoon leading up to the uh the entry draft so we'll see if there's some more around that as we get towards free agency but then armstrong also kind of alluded to um not i don't know he said army says if blues lose schwartz they can move shen to left wing and put o'reilly and thomas down the middle and that was just kind of like to me the filling that's reading between the lines is like if I don't make any moves, this this would be my move, and that move's fine. I understand everyone that said, 
always just got to play his cards because he was best. And obviously, listen, we're going back chronologically, so we know the Blues now have Pavel Buchnevich. You don't have to tell us through the microphone. Stop screaming <laughs> at your phone and just drive. But anyway, um, that's just a line you don't say because you can't do that. We know you can't do that, and we know that you know that you can't do that. So, like, you can't... The Cardinals, that seems like something the Cardinals would say, where it's like, well, if we just have to have Matt Carpenter start every day at second base, we can do that. And it's like, you sure can, buddy. (laughs) And I can also, like, drive off a cliff into a ravine and light my gas tank on fire. And I might want to, but it doesn't mean it's possible. Yeah, I was like, that couldn't be your plan, but it's not a good plan. Uh, he also said, Army said he's not focused, he's not as focused as other people about the next couple of weeks, adding and reshaping the team is what he was talking about. Uh, and he's not as focused on that as he is avoiding making a big mistake, he said. Which, like some of the big mistakes he's made. Yeah, it does make you kind of look back at, especially last year, right, where he signs Krug to that seven year deal, and it's like, are little gun shy now army because he's really not a big free agent guy right he's right for the most part he doesn't go out there and make big splashes and if anything he had to last summer because they just lost petrangelo and they, he couldn't just lose him and go well that's fine here's a big gaping hole mm-hmm. that we need to fill and obviously Cruz not petrangelo but it's like we have to fill it with something and it wasn't going to be um, robert portuzo so they had to go out and do something um, and maybe he regrets a little bit i don't know um but yeah, it didn't make you feel great when we were just talking about, hey, you need to be making moves. And he's like, I'm not really concerned with making moves. I'm not really concerned with anything over the next couple of weeks except for making huge mistakes. And it's like, okay, um, you know, you're not Stan Bowman signing a defenseman to $9.5 million for eight years and Seth Jones, but uh, we'll talk about that later. So you're not making ginormous mistakes, but I mean, I'm glad he's cautious, but it just didn't. It didn't feel good after all the smoke around Tarasenko moving. Maybe Tarasenko is getting picked uh, by Seattle. All these changes that we feel are going to be coming. We just don't know what they are. And then the expansion draft happens and it feels like nothing has happened for the Blues. And then he pretty much comes out and says, that's according to plan. Uh, you know, I'm not really thinking about any big moves right now. And you're like, Jesus, man. It just That's how I read it when I saw all of his quotes. And it just made you feel... Made me feel a little defeated. I was like, you got to do something, buddy. And as a lot of people said, you know, Armstrong does, like you said, play his, his uh, cards close to his chest. But it was one of those things like, okay, that's great. But I can only go with reality currently yeah. and what he's saying. And what I'm seeing with my eyes and hearing with my ears isn't good. Yeah. So you just have to pray and hope, uh, maybe a little blind faith to be like, well, maybe he just pulls off another one. And of course he did. And here's the thing. <laughs> like fucking clockwork. We'll get to that. But here's the thing too. Like I tweeted this today, and it's like, baby, we're a roller coaster. Oh yeah. Like I, I'm. I, I think don't... I think this podcast more than any blues podcast. I can't say I've listened to more than one other one. Uh huh. But from the feel of tweets and everything from other folks, some people do get do get a little emotional too. Uh huh. But I definitely feel like this podcast we ride. The emotion pretty pretty heavy yeah and if anything if you're listening you know that yeah and that's hopefully maybe what you're here for for sure and i think like i'm, I'm i don't like pontificating about ourselves let's do it though but, but like i always think i had i have thought about this a lot lately because like people keep telling us to relax on twitter 
And I get that. I real like I genuinely I respect people who can just be like, I'm just gonna wait until whatever next Wednesday is, July twenty seventh. I'm just gonna wait and I'm gonna be placid and, mm. and it's gonna be great. And we'll find out and then if then if they're still bad, then I'll be upset. But like, brother, I can't do that. You tell me to relax, you might as well tell a volcano to be cool, you know? Like, (laughs) it's not going to happen. And I think it's more authentic to what we do, who we are, as, like, genuinely anxious people. Like, clinically anxious. Like, we should seek (laughs) help. You know, to tweet what we're actually feeling. And, And sometimes, look, I think sometimes we're able to step back and say, listen... You know, this is a good move for this, this, and this reason, but we just don't like it. But, like, mm. other times we're just like, hey, Doug, don't say that you don't need to make major moves in the next two weeks, because you obviously do. Mm. And even if he's gonna, which he, again, obviously has, and probably still will make more, but, like, it's still bad look, and it feels bad, and as Blues fans, we ride that roller coaster, and I think the last thing I'll say before I move on is, like, I think the people that I've seen out there who, like, I, 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 I really don't have a great idea who listens consistently cats. to the podcast. Cats. <laughs> Many cats. cats. Right. But the few folks that, like, I get the sense really do, I feel like in, do engage with the emotion mm-hmm. and the craziness. I'm like, that's who we are. So, you know what? That we aren't getting better on. <laughs> that won't change. So, you know, you got to ride the highs and lows of Space Mountain, baby. Um... Real quick, Pat Micheletti uh, just cryptically tweeted, keep an eye on Mika's advantage ad tomorrow. Bring him over, Dougie. <laughs> <laughs> Bring him got, over. Should have done it one false swoop. Uh, as an extension, as a trade, who knows. Uh, losing Vince Dunn. Don't want to move on before we talk about that. Mm. Uh, it sucks. It, I love Vince Dunn. Mm. And it does seem like really poor asset management to lose him for free. I know that um, JR in his article said, well, sounds like Army could only get a third for him. And if you trade him for a third, then you're probably going to lose Mikula for free. You got to lose somebody. So, you know, what are you going to do? And first of all, in that instance, I would say you take the third and you lose Mikula. <laughs> but with due respect to Mikula, I know... That he's pretty fine, but he's like a seventh pair, you know, he's like a seventh yeah. or bottom pairing defenseman. Um, but we've known for like a year and a half that Ben Stum wasn't going to fit here long term, right? Yeah, like, he that's was not pretty much news. a consensus pick for Seattle yeah. for the last year. Yeah, so like, and you know your coach doesn't like him, so dating all the way back to not selling at the deadline and really all the way back to last summer... You cling on to this guy. You never carve out a role for him to give him a chance to prove to you that he needs to stay here, that you need to protect him. You never give him a chance to prove that you don't need to go sign Tory Crew to a panic contract. And then you kind of half-heartedly shop him when the deal, the the actual you know day comes around, and then you hope and you pray that they take somebody else and not him, and then they don't. Um, sounds like they talked to Schwartz and were maybe close to some things, but that didn't happen, and they obviously didn't choose the take Tarasenko and flipping model. So you, you lose Dunn, and that just sucks, and it also sucks mostly because I love Venner. 
and I hope he does well there. I got to get me a Kraken Dunn jersey and a uh, Rangers Blade <laughs> jersey, but you know. Uh, stinks to see him go. You have any thoughts on that before we move on over? Uh, no, I'd, I'd say the only positive thing is just that we have kind of a log jam back there on D, so it does make some room for, for Mikola, Prunovich, or whoever. So I, I'm sad to see him go, but I'm glad that at least it gives us some room and some like proving ground is open up for these guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, we talked about it before, but our defense still just going to be a mess unless we make some yeah. surgical changes. Yeah. But maybe it can be an okay-ish mess. Uh, moving on from the Doug Armstrong press conferences, what uh, what kind of trades we get yesterday? We got a couple that were uh, underwhelming. I feel like nothing. Did was there, was there a big one? There were a couple. Let me see if I can look it up. NHL trade tracker. Um, you got it. I got this, baby. I'm ready. July 22nd. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> the Detroit Red Wings acquired oh, goaltender yeah. Alex Nedeljkovic from the Carolina Hurricanes in exchange for Jonathan Bernier in a third-round pick. What are you doing, Carolina? You've been looking for this guy, this particular guy, this very guy, and you're going to trade him because you don't want to pay him checks, notes, $6 million over two seasons? I think he was even asking for less. To like, stay there? Yeah, to stay there. And they are like, sorry, buddy. I know, it was, like you, we said, it, I know it was only 30 games that he had this great run, but like you said, he was supposed to be this good. Like, this was like his pedigree. So he was living up to what they thought he should be, and it was still like, we just don't have the money for you. But this is their greatest weakness, yeah. is goaltending. That's their problem. Like, who else do they have there? Like, legit, they have, like, Reimer still there? Is he still there? Uh, they've got Bernier, and like, they've got, yeah, I guess Or maybe. who's their... Uh, no, I think Reimer and Mrazek are both... Um, Gonzo? Gonzo. Like, to the, shit, I don't even... It's just... It's, and Bernier is also a free agent. He's also old as sin. He's just 32. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. He's actually I thought he younger was... than Reimer by a year. Man, I thought he was But yeah, they've got longer. Reimer, Bernier, and Mrazek. Let's see if they have any in the systems. Um, they've got Iku, Itu Makaniemi, Pyotr Kochakov, Beck Warm. His whole name is Beck Warm. That makes me uncomfortable. Uh, and Antoine Bibier, that classic minor league jo- goalie. I guess they can dust old David Ayers out of him. <laughs> give him another uh, shot. It just seems like such a mistake. That's just a. Also, like, why make it that? Why make that move then? Even if you think you have a move, like even if you think you're gonna go sign Frederick Anderson, let's mm-hmm. say, sign him Frederick Anderson first. There should still be a market for Alex Nedeljkovic. I just don't get it at all. But whatever. I don't. I don't get it, man. Um, he would have been cheaper too. Like, is your your cheap option? It's easy to sign him for that much, and he sucks. And you yeah. go, oh, okay. Well, then we bury him. He's gone the next season. No big deal. Arizona uh, GM Bill Armstrong, how you doing? Making all the moves that the Seattle Kraken should be making. Acquire Shane Gostisbehere a second and a seventh. In exchange for future considerations, so basically nothing. Uh, Shane Gostisbehere, the irony here, not a bad NHL player, mm-hmm. just not 
quite good enough for his contract and kind of worn out his time in Philadelphia. But you get two nice assets and a playable defenseman on your basically unwatchable team uh, for nothing, basically. I feel bad for him because he has quite the personality and it will never be highlighted ever again in Arizona. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess good moves for Arizona as they move into another rebuild. Someone was like, they're starting the rebuild again. I was like, were they ever, were they out? ever out of it? Yeah, we've got a whopper from Arizona coming today. Uh, Calgary acquire Tyler Pitlick from the Kraken for a fourth. That was like Ooh, the, a one, side deal. the one Kraken deal we knew about. Uh, then today hit, and today had four, count them, four absolute bangers i didn't even see that bean jake bean got traded um four absolute bangers you want to talk about them let's talk about the three that aren't buchnevich and then we can do buchnevich bullduck talk a little bit about the draft and then call it a day unless we have other stuff to talk my story that I definitely will forget to tell. Oh, yeah. oh man, and it's and it's a whopper. It's a story. If you're falling asleep, yeah, but, I'm going to tell you to pause the podcast, to go to sleep, wake yeah, up, drink a cup wake of up coffee, in the morning, and then and you listen, listen to the story. That's right. You're going to spit your coffee out. That's right. Uh, so yeah, let's skip around the Blues move. Philadelphia Flyers. <laughs> There's a, they're so good. This like the, uh, the moves today. Were so they were good. bangers, man. Yeah. They were like old. This was like 2008 NHL or two, not 2013, like right in that era where it's just like, how is some team gonna bail out the Blackhawks today? I wonder. Mm. Uh, the Philadelphia Flyers, who, uh, mind you, just traded Shane Gostas Bear just, just the day before. <laughs> And already have too many players on bad contracts. Yeah, they need to make space. Trade Robert Hag, who I think is like, okay, serviceable. For a third-pairing defense. A 2021 first and a 2023 third. So they, second, second actually. So they trade the assets that they wouldn't give up to Seattle to get like a Jake Voracek, Shane Goss, Despair, a uh, James Van Riemsdyk yeah. off their roster. And they bring in Rasmus Ristolainen, who does hit people and block a lot of shots, mm-hmm. but is basically unplayable as a defenseman. Not even worth, like, just a first-round pick. God, no. And Not even gave, close. And they had to give up more than that. So the Flyers traded Goss, Despair, Hag, uh-huh. and four draft picks between this trade with yes. Buffalo and Arizona, uh-huh. and they got Rasmus Ristolainen back. Gostas Bear Hagen for draft picks to add Rasmus Ristolainen. Ras- <laughs> <Holy> <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> uh, man, what is Chuck Fletcher doing? That's a that's an immediate fire. I don't there's some moves in the NHL where like I don't know how the guy isn't deleted <laughs> immediately. And we'll talk about a couple more tonight yeah, before but, we get Done here. All you have to know is how, like, just look at Buffalo fans and how they reacted. They were over the moon <laughs> to just get rid of Ristolainen. and they did barely cared what the uh, return was, and then they were ecstatic for that too. They just wanted the guy gone. And I know that um, a lot of Flyers fans, or maybe not Flyers fans, but a lot of people are trying to rationalize for the Flyers, like, hey, you know, um, Ristolainen played for Buffalo. Buffalo sucked. Maybe on a better team, uh, he'll be better. 
And while the Flyers are better than the Buffalo Sabres, they were pretty shit last year. So I don't uh, know why you think putting Roostalainen on the Flyers automatically is going to make him a better player. And can I say one thing? Yeah, nothing's going to make him a better player. He's not. He's not good. I don't. Like I don't. I'm not trying to beat up on Rasmus uh, Roostalainen, but he's not good. He's maybe fine. Like at his best, he's yeah. okay and he brings a little energy, but he's not. Trade your whole friggin' farm system, future farm. Well, like I think you tweeted earlier, like the reason he has been on Buffalo for so long is that they've been trying to move him, but there's <laughs> been there's been no market Not for him. Not enough interest. No one cared. I mean, literally the last like two seasons have been like, is Ristolainen on the move? Yeah. And then he's not. And yep. it's like they've been trying to get rid of him for the last two years. He did apparently tell Greg Wyshynski, I'm not that young anymore, but I am still young. So, you know, that's yeah. cute. Was Ristolainen, who was it that got checked by a ghost? It was Ristolainen, okay. yeah. Was. I was going to mention that earlier. <laughs> he checked himself. He chickety-checked himself, but then he did ultimately also wreck himself. So, uh, you know, we got, we got both of them. Uh Real quick, real quick before we move on. Yeah. I just wanted to say, I, we've <laughs> talked about this a lot, but with the prices we've seen for um, Jones and Ristolainen today, if Doug Armstrong is anywhere less than 80% sure that he wants to make Colton Pareko a long-term part of his NHL future, you have to trade that dude. You have to. Yeah. Teams are, they, and both of those players are roughly Pareko's age and also on the last year of a contract, right? So they're both, there's not, like, and I'm not saying you just get the same amount for him, but God, you have to see. I hope, you know, I'm sure they're shopping everybody all the time, but I hope they're at least having that conversation. I, I had a thought in, like, the shower this week, too, where I was thinking Ooh. about, I was thinking about a lot of things, but I was thinking about Pareko, and I was like, man. As, as you do in yeah, your showers. It always goes to Pareko. Um, and I was just thinking, man. This guy, everyone expects him to be like a first pairing guy, but like his best season was a second pairing shutdown guy with Jay Bomeister. And yeah. now he's on the first pairing as not a shutdown guy without Jay Bomeister. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't <laughs> see what don't, other people are seeing when they're like, well, then he's just going to fill that first pairing role, or yeah. that first overall defenseman role. And I'm like, I, 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 why, why? And we haven't. We have yet to see that his entire career, and he's fine, and that's okay. But, like, let's, I don't know. I think people are constantly pushing for, like, well, he'll be better. He's going to get to that, you know, 35-point mark. He's going to get 40 points or something this year if we just unlock the secret Colton Pareko potential, and I just don't think it's there. <laughs> but, like you said, if you can kind of pull the wool over somebody else's eyes, he's still a very good defenseman. Yeah. You could get... You get the moon for that guy. Yeah, I don't even know to the extent that you have to pull the wool over their eyes because they're pulling it over their own eyes. <laughs> That's true. If they're convincing themselves that Rasmus Ristolainen is worth this much, you've got to get a just a friggin' ransom for Pareko. And you could have done it two years ago, kept, kept Petrangelo, you could have done it a lot of times, but man... You just got, I mean, if you're going to keep him forever, fine. Then keep him forever, sign him, whatever. That's fine. I don't love it because of all the reasons you just said about inflated expectations versus yeah. reality, but fine. If you think 
Not if you think. Not if you think. Because you've, you've done too much thinking. You've done too much. <laughs> but if you know that you're keeping him, fine. But if you... If, if there's any reason that he's upset, any of these other reasons that other people want out of this city, you just hear that he doesn't like St. Louis that much and wants to change, you've got to trade him. You have to trade him. Now. Not at the deadline. Now. Um, and then build your team around his absence with the freaking crap ton of money you just got. Give me Dougie Hamilton. Right. Exactly. Um, this is another one that is one of those just mouthwateringly big deals. The Vancouver Canucks acquire defenseman Oliver Ekman Larson and forward Connor Garland from the Arizona Coyotes in exchange for forwards Louis Erickson, Jay Beagle, and Antoine Roussel, and a first round pick this year, the number ninth overall pick, which the Coyotes did not have to vacate, as hilarious <laughs> as that would have been, a second round pick in the next year's NHL draft in the seventh round in the 2023 draft. This is not it's so interesting. I can't believe this trade got agreed to just because of all the moving parts. NHL GMs don't do this stuff. The Canucks, the uh, Coyotes only retain 990K of Ekman Larson's salary, according to Cap Friendly. Really? That's not enough. You should have got much more than that. All of the guys that um, Vancouver traded are on their final years of their deal. So, yeah, Coyote's going to pay them and eat their cap hit for one year, but you're taking a 7.4, I think now, million-dollar cap hit in Ekman-Larsen forever, 7.26, through 2027. That contract doesn't ever, ever end. He, also, he's not that good now. Connor Garland, though, does offset this a little I was like, bit. That's the best he's piece. a great piece. He's an RFA, but you got to figure a lot of that money is going to be the difference between the money you saved this year, mm-hmm. and then you've got all this money in the books for the future. Um, they are projected to have thirty-eight million in cap space next year, so they must have some things coming off the. Uh, Luongo cap or capture is off this upcoming year. Um, Brayton Holtby's gone. They've got some other guys uh, that I guess will be gone after this year, but still some question marks there. What did you think about this one? Yeah, I mean, I think you put it well earlier where it was like, you know, it seems like Vancouver traded all of their small problems for a bigger problem. Uh-huh. Uh, especially, like, I didn't know that those three guys, that their contracts were all ending uh, after this season. Yeah. So, it, it was clearing some mistakes that Benning made I thought was pretty funny because I think he signed Roussel and Beagle like, the same year. People were bemoaning, like, why did you go out and buy, like, third liners and fourth liners for a lot of money? And, and Erickson, too. So... I mean, good for them in that regard, but yeah, that's too long for Ekman Larson. I mean, it's it's just too long. And like you said, they didn't get enough. Uh, they didn't get Arizona retained enough, I don't think. But for Arizona, I think it's a good move because Connor Garland was obviously going to go elsewhere. Ekman Larson like made it even more obvious than that that he wanted to leave. Yeah. I mean, he pretty much said so last year and then couldn't get moved. Yeah. Um, so for Arizona, I think it's great. And for Vancouver, I guess in the long run, 
for the Ekman Larson deal, it's not great. But Garland's Garland's a good player, but you can't pay him too too much because you've got guys like Pedersen and uh, Hughes to sign. Yeah, because they're both up right now as RFA's and. I heard a lot of people be like, oh, well, that's, you know, Vancouver holds the card, so they can't make that much money. I was like, yeah, and but like... Investors in RFA next year, I believe. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, but have you seen... I get they're not Mitch Marner, but have you seen Marner? Have you seen Barzal? Like, have you seen this? Have you heard just because this? Just because you're an RFA doesn't mean that you have no power anymore. Like, it seems like teams are giving those guys bigger and bigger contracts at younger ages, so... Vancouver, I think they, they pivoted. I think they're better on ice... For this trade, but the behind-the-scenes stuff is still kind of a mess. Yeah, I mean, listen, I think this all comes down to, do you th- still think that ekman Larson is a really valuable top-four defenseman in the NHL? And if you do, then it's pretty fine. You get a good young forward, you get a expensive, but not cripplingly so, top-four defenseman. Mm-hmm. You trade a couple big, a- or one big asset and a couple more picks, and you get rid of a lot of embarrassing contracts for one year. You don't have to put up with that for another year, which for Jay, which for Jay Beagle, which for Jim Vinning, it's probably worth the price of admission alone just to get those off his own record. But if if Ekman Larson isn't good, this could be so much worse than just waiting out the year. But I think the thing for Jim Vinning is, dude knows it's not his problem after this year anyway if things don't go right. So what does he care, you like, know? Jim Benning thinks himself a magician, but he pretty much just, yeah. you can see him putting the rabbit in the hat. And speaking of putting rabbits in hats. Uh, Pulling out a oh turd God. sandwich. God. This is one of the worst, like, it's the, from start to finish, trade details, contract extension, the whole thing. One of the worst moves I've ever seen in the NHL. Every bit of this doesn't make any sense. The Chicago Blackhawks traded a... Trying to figure out where they are. Traded a first-round pick, this year's first-round pick. I think it was the 8th or the 11th, somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. Uh, A second-round selection at 2021 draft next year. I believe... This doesn't say a conditional first or first next year, but I thought I read that. Maybe it was wrong. But they also traded Adam Boquist, who mm. should be fantastic, uh, to the Blue Jackets to get Seth Jones, their first round pick, the 32nd overall, so a pick swat there, and a 2022 sixth round pick. Then they signed Seth Jones to, was it eight years? Yeah, eight years. Eight years at million, which there is no justification for at all. There is no comparable. There is no one that Seth Jones' camp could have pointed to and said, this is who we deserve to be paid like, because there's nobody who's paid like that. It's Eric Carlson and Drew Doughty and Victor Hedman. And if, if... if he tried to even argue that he's any of those guys, uh, granted two of them, you know, are like past their prime now, but like if tried to argue he's those guys, you just laugh at him and he leaves. And this is clearly good. just a situation where Chicago said, how much money do you want? The agent said a number and they just signed that number. That's all it is. It's <laughs> all so it is. Bad. It's what, what is it? It's like 76 million total over eight years 
They, <sighs> uh, to a lesser extent, they just got rid of a bad contract in Duncan Keith. Finally, oh I mean, God. he obviously paid dividends and then some for them. But like you know, in the back half of his career, that was kind of a a big contract sitting on their books they want to get rid of. So they did it, and they pat themselves on the back, and then they went out and fucking did it again. Oh, my God. <laughs> it, only it's that so much bad. worse. It's so laughably vulnerable. Seth man. Jones is, like, what, okay in the offensive zone? He's, he's like, he's all right? He's just okay overall. Right? He had an abominable season this year. and But he's one of those guys that the 200 good hockey men just think are amazing. Which is weird to me, Ian, because he is black. And usually that's You not... would think that's a blind spot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah. so, in a way, it's almost progress. Oh, they try. That's all is he? That... I mean, he's got to be the highest played black NHL player ever now, right? It's got to be. Evander yeah. Kane, I guess, made a lot, but not that much. Not 9.5. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, this, maybe this is just trying to cover up for more Blackhawk shenanigans. You know, they're really trying. Look how progressive That's we are. That's a lot are. of look over here. <laughs> yeah. We got women on stage with Stan Bowman. Uh-huh. Hey, ladies. <laughs> he only wants seven million. Yeah, but no one's going to talk about <laughs> Seth Jones at seven million. Give him nine point five. <laughs> Would any of you be willing to sign a sworn affidavit that you were not sexually assaulted today? <laughs> Would you like to sign that you were there in twenty ten? <laughs> you saw nothing. You saw and nobody saw anything. You were on the team and you heard nothing. You don't need to know nothing. Um, yeah, just fucking wolf, baby. And good for the Blue Jackets for. That for a guy that was UFA that was going to leave anyway. So that's a pretty good haul. I would love to read. I don't think Mark Lazarus is this guy. You're not that guy, pal. You're not that guy. But I don't I would love to read just any attempt at justifying this. Any attempt at all. There can't be one. There's no there's no way to spin this they'll just, positively. They'll just tell you they got those numbers that aren't public, you know. We've got those uh, advanced stats that the public don't get. And yeah. Seth Jones actually hits all those out of the ballpark. And it's, I mean, that's that's all you that's all you can give me. And then even then, it's blind faith, and I just got to nod my head. But, like, you know what? Good for Stan Bowman. Um, you know, good for the Blackhawks. Really doing, doing a good job trying to bolster that team. I can't wait to play them uh, as he slowly kills this team from the inside fuck seriously that's this is how you're gonna build this team man you've got what Taves and Kane are like two years left on both their contracts I'm sure at least one of them will sign another one to stay there but it's like you're now into a rebuild mode you're not quite out of it yet and you signed this contract because you think he's gonna be I mean, that's your first defenseman then, right? That's your number one defenseman because you're paying number one defenseman money. And is he really? Should he be for your rebuild that's still going on? Yeah, that's the other thing. They are not one Seth Jones away from competing. They're still rebuilding. They've still got guys that are aging down from their last... All right. It's, there's just no fucking way this makes sense. In any way, there's no way anyone ever could possibly justify it. It's so bad. I can't wait to hear Jeff American and Elliot Friedman try because you know they're gonna try. Oh, he's a great. I know. I'm you the... know they're gonna try. Also, this was like the only team we heard about that were really pursuing mm-hmm. Seth Jones. I'm sure there well, were. They, well, they got his brother now, so I'm they sure, had to get him. I'm sure there were other teams kicking the tires on the old gal, but like, 
We haven't heard it. So, like, it's another one of those situations where they probably played themselves. I'm like, yeah, who are you competing with? Did you, it was one of those things where someone's like, we're going to pay him eight. And they're like, oh, well, we'll pay him 9.5. And it's like, like that's, okay, enjoy. That's, that's not negotiation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's holding an own, own gun to your head and saying, I'll do it. I swear to God. <laughs> I was going to say, watching the Blackhawks do this is kind of like watching the school buddy, some, school bully somehow uh, kick themselves in the nuts. Yeah. You're like, well... Okay, then. Yeah. Good for you, I guess. The Columbus Blue Jackets immediately took the second-round pick from the Seth Jones deal and traded it for Jake Bean, which, quite frankly, it's not as good, but, like, kind of. You're getting a young person you hope to develop into a top-four defenseman. I don't know why he hasn't really gotten his shot in Carolina, but he's still got a lot of potential. And now you've got Boquist and Jake Bean to build your defensive core around. Uh, along with, you know, whoever like else you still have. Wawrinski is still there. I mean, yeah, you're going to have to trade all these guys eventually, too, <laughs> when they decide they also don't want to live in Columbus, but still. When you've only gotten out of the first round one other time. A uh, bunch of draft pick selections tonight, and then the rumors of the Reinhardt deal. Uh, sounds like it's, it's going to Sounds like it's going to be a goalie prospect and maybe next year's first, but... It's like 120 out there, and yeah. they're still like, we got to grind away on this trade. Yeah, it's like, what if you just don't trade him to anybody else tonight? Yeah, can we talk <laughs> about us in the, the fucking morning, morning bro? <laughs> We've also got a draft all day tomorrow. Like, uh. um, All right, let's get into some blues talk. I'm so tired. Um, but we're pushing through it for the people. We're doing this for you. For the people. Um, the blues... Broke my brain today. I'm getting Pavel Bujnevich. I was literally looking at Twitter, and then I closed Twitter, and then I looked at Slack, and I saw you say, oh, Blues traded for Pavel Bujnevich. Yeah. I was like, excuse me? I went to look, I think because it was like close enough to whatever came right before that, uh, the, I guess, the Ristolainen trade that I went to like read hot takes on that, you know, and then it was like, boom! Tough acting tonight. And... People don't get that reference anymore. Not not a big. The kids don't get not it. Not a big tough acting to acting crowd. Out there. <laughs> they could advertise that on uh, an H, or on the NHL. A pro- product designed exclusively for octogenarians on a podcast listened to exclusively by cats and millennials. <laughs> cats and millennials. That's our podcast brand. Um, man. So here's, I see Pavel Buchnevich is traded to the Blues, and I'm thinking, well, it's happening today, which means we're not picking 16th anymore. Mm-hmm. And then when I read Sammy Blay in a second, I just, you done it again, Dougie. <laughs> I keep trying to quit you. I keep trying to tell myself, no, man, I, it's too far. You, you, done too, you done messed it up too much. <laughs> you pull me right back in. This this is robbery, and and you the way you know it's robbery is because all the Rangers fans are telling you that yeah. there's no way it makes sense other than that they make a bigger move, which by the way still doesn't necessarily make sense if you just lazily queer cap to make another move. That's still not the best use of your cap for your players. Well, they just don't have any space anymore now. They're paying Barclay Goudreau oh, three million dollars a year God. for six years. Adam Fox is going to leave when he's up for 
negotiations. Ah, oh, God, I'm so happy about this, Ian. I'm so excited about Pavel Buchnevich. Everything you read about him is positive. Um, you know, he got run over by Tom Wilson, but who hasn't? Are he and Oscar Sundquist just going to be foxhole buddies now? Are they going to be best friends? Do you not understand? Do they not? Did they not forget? Did they not see what happened to Oscar Sundquist after he got hit in the head mm-hmm. by Tom Wilson? We now have Pavel Bushnevich post Tom Wilson. Oh my God, he's, altercation. he's leveled up. Yeah, he's like a 50 the Charizard, goal scorer. The Charizard do his Charmeleon. Um, this guy that was on a 30-goal pace in a full season this year and uh, just tons of skill, does, uh, you know, credit where it's due. I, I chirped Jamie Rivers a little bit for saying <laughs> he gets to the dirty areas, but then somebody sent the heat map to us and he actually does play in some of those areas you want in close to the net. So he's a player that um, that was uh, Kurgan at iiron 24 on Twitter, sent the heat map, so thanks for that, but, oh yeah, it's probably A.A. Ron, it's too, it's so (laughs) late, I'm sorry, I'm so tired, it's so late, but, uh, you know, God, there's just, there's just nothing to worry about here, it's just such a, like, slam dunk of a trade, Mm. you worry about the extension a little bit, but, like, I don't think they're gonna get bent over a barrel, it's gonna be, like, six by six, probably, I think the evolving hockey one was five by 6.2, yeah. You know, maybe what? you go seven to knock it down to like five, five or something. But like, this is a guy that immediately becomes, I would say, your highest skilled forward, your most dynamic forward with, you know, the same caveat that we always say about Ryan O'Reilly. That's like, obviously he's your best forward, but he's not elite at anything, you know, mm-hmm. other than like all the things he does that are like normal human things that he does at an elite level. But like... Just over the moon about this pick. Whether he's up there with um, Perron and O'Reilly or whether he's on like a Thomas whoever line. And we don't know that the top six is done being shaped for next season. Mm-hmm. But God, to pay that little form, to have the right to negotiate your own contract. Probably a guy that's, you know, after all that Tom Wilson stuff, probably a guy that's not that pissed to be leaving New York. You know, oh, yeah. which you might... Might be a concern if you were trading for some other, especially a Russian player, to take him out of New York and bring him to St. Louis. Probably like something you'd be a little worried about, but I don't think this guy's going to be upset. I just don't know how you could be uh, real, uh, real upset with this in any way. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I was trying to find like holes to poke in it because it was just sort of like, well... You know, I'm sure I'm sure he's a defensive liability. I'm sure he scores, but he just can't defend. But he's like pretty even on defending. You know, he's not going to be someone that's um, a great selkie candidate or something. But he's also not a liability in his own end, which is good to see. But yeah, like obviously a guy that sounds like under David Quinn, the former yeah mm-hmm. former Rangers coach. Uh, grew a lot in the last three years, had his best, you know, on pace for his best season last year, but it was a full season. Um, 30, you know, possible 30 goals for It's like, it's, it's so good. It's yeah. so, so good, especially after you're definitely trading Tarasenko away. This is now your new kind of like go-to goal scorer for now. Um, and it's a great, it's a great place to be in. I feel like it quiets people down maybe a little bit. 
crossing my fingers in the whole like, well, we got to sign Hoffman because Tarasenko's gone. So who's going to score the goal? It's like, this guy now. So next, please. I will say this only deepens my appetite for like a real overhaul. Right? Well, that's the thing. I don't want the offseason to be like, we went and got Buchnevich and brought back Bozak and Hoffman. Like... Even if, even if it's equivalent moves, mm-hmm. even if a Vucinavich is your big thing and you go and get, you know, Granland and Tatar or whatever. Like, just bring different names in here. Yeah, right. Well, I forget what the tweet was. Someone was tweeting out Armstrong's um, press conference, and I don't think it was rough for The anybody. old stay tuned press conference. Yeah, but he talked You were about... sending me tweets from... Who was it earlier? I'll look it up that you were sending me from. Another podcaster we can't mention. Um, oh, yeah. No, but it was basically oh, Armstrong yeah. saying, like... I'm the trash, man. You can't... Take out the trash. What did he say? You can't keep doing the same thing over and over again with, like, the same... It was our boy Tom Franklin yeah. over there at KMOX and Toasted Blues. What do you say? What uh, did you say Armstrong said? Oh, man, if you saw opportunity with Buchnevich and Flat Cap, we'd certainly like to stay in contact with Schwartz and Hoffman, but with a Flat Cap, every dollar is allocated. Hopefully we get a longer-term deal with Pavel. Uh I enjoy working with his agent. What were you looking for in particular? Anything? Oh, it was just something about how like you couldn't constantly come back with makeup the same... of twenty twenty one, twenty two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It certainly has an opportunity to look different, but that li- isn't surprising. We're turning it over to a different group of people, and you wish everything lasts forever, but it doesn't. I don't know. That was a little more hopeful to me. Where it's like, okay, so I mean, obviously <laughs> with Tarasenko possibly being traded. Schwartz doesn't seem like we're going to be re-signing him. It just feels like we're going to have uh, a pretty different-looking top six, especially if you keep Thomas and Cairo up there. And it's it's good to see. I like that natural churn. Um, I think you and I both do. Or just don't yeah. don't sell on the same team when it's not working. If it's not great, yeah, the Lightning don't need natural churn, but you do. Also, <laughs> apparently closed with. Um, being asked about the favorable reaction to the trade and he says i don't get too caught up on it i read the other side of it yesterday sometimes the fans are happy some days not and i'm like yeah that's us that's us us. baby you got it he's listening doug you get it theo halloran uh halloran on twitter says that he points out that uh he thinks buchanavich replaces schwartz more than he does tarasenko and i'm not sure he's wrong i'm not sure there's Mm. not I think I agree with ideally whether it's Landeskog or it's Kachuk or it's some trade we've never heard of. There's like still one big, bigger fish out there. Because this one, again, it costs you next to nothing. Like, mm. I don't want to minimize Sammy Put Blay. Put some respect on Sammy Blay's I, I name. I like Sammy Blay. Honestly, he did a lot for this team. He didn't develop into what you hoped he would. But you don't win the cup without Sammy Blay. That dude delivered 70 hits in 15 games after coming mm. back. Including the goal and nine hits in the um, game, the game six that we won in Dallas. Mm-hmm. That he was that was his debut game in the playoffs. He'd been injured before that, that. and then he never left the lineup after that. It mm-hmm. was incredible. He was phenomenal. I a lot of respect for him. Um, but he's a guy that's in your bottom six. He's probably never going to leave your bottom six. Right. And again, it's the natural turn scenarios like all right he hasn't worked out here for a couple of years you're trading him you got to clear up a top nine spot for buchnevich anyway mm. and you're basically throwing in a second round pick and again yeah you can get 
a Jordan Cairo or Patrice Bergeron, Ryan O'Reilly, but probably not, you know, like generally speaking. Yeah, I mean, it's just a mystery box when it comes to yeah. draft picks. So, I mean, it's, I, I don't want to say like we completely fleeced the Rangers because I do think that Blake could still be useful for them. And I want to say I kind of get that they want to have cap space open and not pay Bushnevich a bunch of money. But also, like, I think Armstrong did amazing here. Um, but I agree that there's there's hopefully, there's definitely a Tarasenko trade, right? We, like, know that for sure. But hopefully there's something else out there for Armstrong to look at. I don't know that I buy him going out and getting a Landeskog anymore or just any of these big UFA names because I just don't think he's going to want to spend the money and have all that term especially after like we said last year when he did it with Krug and I don't know if he's he's regretting that or not or just doesn't want to do that every single summer so I don't necessarily know if he'll do that but there again I didn't see this trade coming and this is very Armstrong like right to go out and make a trade that you just don't see coming maybe this is the only one but you kind of hope with what he's talking about what he's saying here that there might be another one in the chamber honestly if it's going to be anything I I would I personally would like it to be forwards because I like I always think of forwards as your offensive generators. I'm like we need more of that. Uh, but also I think really it should be at defense. I don't know how it can be because like no one like I don't even dislike Falk, but like you trade Pareko for, for Kachuk and then you sign Dougie. <laughs> I mean, cool. <laughs> I mean this this seems to be a crazy off season. Just I guess in the last two days here, but. If you can do something on defense to move them into a more, I don't know, a defensive defense, like they're just not, I just don't have confidence in that starting six to keep guys away from Bennington. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying we need that Alexiak type who's obviously, he himself is not available anymore, but like we just need we need something we need something to establish what that defense is because right now honestly when i look at it when i look at what we used to have right mm-hmm. um petrangelo bowmeister pareko edmondson gunnerson um like it's just you say bortuzzo bortuzzo done even the, f- the disrespect <laughs> people i <laughs> but, mean the absolute and i was even in the same building with bortuzzo. them i know like so mean but you know what I mean? You look at the, those seven guys. By that he means Robert Vortuzzo lived, lived in the same two-bedroom apartment. Yeah, my, my former roommate, Robert Vortuzzo. But like that, had a, that defense had an identity. And right now this defense feels like it's made up of Krug and Falk and Pareko and Scandella. And they're all just four separate names. Steven, they're all different. They're all orcas, but they're from different tribes. They're from different pods. Yeah. So like, and we're sitting there that going, "You orcas can get along." Yeah, they can't. Be. Sometimes they'll just take chunks out of each other. Um, also, if you put a goldfish into a pond, it expands to the size of the pond, so they just grow into grotesque, huge sea monsters. Yeah. So there you go. Is that like magic carp? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. It's exactly like that. Um, I just, they got to do something on defense, but the problem is it's so wacky back there that there's no like. There's no obvious fix that like a fan can be like, well, obviously you just make this move and we're done. It's like, yeah, no one wants the contracts we have and they're going to be hard to yeah. move. So we'll it's, see. It's tough late tonight. It's hard to like really talk about what they do need to do, what I'd like them to do. Maybe 
I do a solo or we find a time to do like a Zoom pod to talk about some of that sometime before the actual stuff happens. But there could be a move tomorrow. Frankly, I think the Tarasenko deal probably happens tomorrow in the second round. Yeah. Um, that just feel kind right. of feels like it's time. Um, we'll fi- we'll figure it out. But the Buchnevich trade is obviously a huge step in the right direction. That was very affordable. Can't miss. Other GMs have to be real pissed. I bet. I would imagine. You know, it's one of those well, things. Where it's like, but I. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that is definitely how I would have felt about yeah. another team. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Um, the NHL draft. I'm not gonna even pretend to sit here and do a pick by pick recap of the whole thing. Uh, Owen Power goes first over. <laughs> he goes, but here, but here we go. Uh, uh, but uh, that was predicted. A lot of. A lot of the top picks were kind of, you know, what you'd expect. But um comes down to the Blues, and they tell, select Zachary Bolduck of the Ramuski Oceanic, a former teammate of Alexi Lafreniere over there in Ramuski, the program that birthed also uh, Sidney Crosby. He's a guy that says by his own omission that he prefers to play left wing, even though he's listed as a center. Wrong which, answer. Not your preference in the <laughs> NHL, but good good to know. Um, it feels like a reach to me. You've got Chaz Luchas and uh, Fyodor Shvechkov still on the board there, the next two guys who go. Fabian Lysel's a guy who's like a little debated in the uh, scouting community, but some people have him like mega high. Um, and he's got a lot of skill. I would have loved to see us get one of those guys or even, you know, the argument for taking a Jesper Wallstedt, even though he's a goalie, because we have a lot of goalies, but he's like such a sure thing or feels like it. We don't, and for the second year in a row, it feels like we reach a little bit with our pick, but maybe Mm. in both cases we take a player the Blues really like and know a lot about and uh, last year seemed to have worked out pretty well in his first season as a draft player. So, thoughts on the Bulldog move? Yeah, I don't mind it. I guess I uh, this draft seemed like such a crapshoot that I was sort of like, well, I guess so long as it's not crazy off the board. And a lot of people had this guy at like, what, 19 and 20 and yeah. stuff. It's like, okay. Yeah, I saw him as low as the 30s, but there were people that had him a lot higher than that. So, so it's like, okay, a reach, but not anything super crazy. And maybe it was the Jake Neighbors performance this this uh, past season. And we think like, okay, these guys can do it. You can have a guy that's more of a two-way forward, make an impact early on in his career, make you feel a little bit better about him. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's all right. We'll see. What do we have? We have the, a third of... And then a fifth, a sixth, and a seventh? I think so, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no second, no fourth. Um, We just don't like picking in the second round anymore yeah. unless we trade up. We only pick in the second round if we get rid of our first That's round. That's right, you know? exactly. Can't pick in both of those rounds. Um, A lot of, still, a lot of good players still left. Uh, the thing... I don't want to spend too much time on it because I think the whole... The whole story is known, pretty much, but Montreal steps up and picks Logan uh, Malio. Malio? I don't know how to say it. God, if... The guy literally asked you not to draft him. Mm -hmm. It's just so scummy. And, like, listen, I'm not... I don't know. I'm not going to pretend to know the whole story. I know the highlights. (laughs) 
I do believe that 18-year-olds make really dumb mistakes, Mm -hmm. you know, and not to excuse him or explain it away, but, like, I do think he deserves a chance to rehabilitate and prove that he's not that guy, pal. Um, But but he wanted that chance, and you force him into a situation where now he's maligned, he's talking to his whole... The whole story's being dragged out again. It's all associated with you and you making this call and you being a scummy organization for making this call. Mm. And, God, it just sucks. And there are reports that it's like, well, multiple teams said they'd like to take him in the second if he was still there. So that's probably why Montreal pounced when they did. And, of course, he's a French-Canadian-sounding guy, I guess, with that last name. But uh, just don't be this way, NHL. You had your first player come out as openly gay earlier this week and in a shocking turn of events the league nailed it they did the entire thing correctly they made donations players came out in support Mm -hmm. they did podcasts they did media blitzes yes they did it all after the chicago scandal and yes i don't think that's a coincidence but still they did it right they're trying it's, but it's every time with this league, it's like one step forward, three steps back. And they're like, you know, multiple times they said, well, a player can't actually actually renounce himself from draft eligibility. What if you made it so he could this one time? <laughs> or all times? Right. Why can't a player... So so what he's saying is that, like, I could literally have been drafted in the NHL. Yeah, you're draft like, eligible. <laughs> I'm as equally eligible for the NHL draft as I am for the military draft. Well, it's like you got... So fixated with the fact that you could, you didn't think, think that you should. you should. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, just don't. And then they had to. If you have to put out a statement as to why you drafted somebody, maybe don't, don't draft, draft them. them. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's as easy, like you said, Stephen, when they said, "Hey, the words coming out of my mouth are, please don't draft <laughs> me," and they said, "We heard you, but you, you know." You're 18 and you don't know what's good for you. And I think you need to be on the Montreal Canadiens. Only here can we show you yeah. how to be a, yeah. a better don't, man. Don't worry, Logan. We'll we'll hide you where the spotlight isn't too intense. Yeah. On the Montreal Canadiens, where your every move won't be scrutinized too much. But yeah, like the whole the whole point, like as scummy as it is, but it's like yeah, if you want him to rehabilitate his career. As like just a person-to-person standpoint, yep. leave him alone. Yeah, let him play another season, do whatever whatever junior league he's going to or whatever. Next season, draft him first round, second round, whatever. Yep. And then you're just like, oh, is that that guy? Yeah, it was, but he played another season. And then you're like, oh, okay. And then that's it. Then you never you don't think about it yeah. again. And from his perspective, that's what you want. But instead, like you said, you drag it out, and it's just it's it's. It's weird because they talked about it on the on ESPN too. You drag it out and you have to talk about him, and it's like a a crime. So there's like a victim. So then you're just talking about him because he's the guy with the spotlight. And then it's not about that you're not talking about the victim, but obviously the victim's not being drafted, right. so you're not. And then, but the, then you but have then to, ESPN. But then you have to, to talk about the victim. Then you have, yeah, that's what I mean. You force them to, because of course you have to talk about the victim, because it's about something that happened to them. So it's like this whole thing where it's like, just 
Leave, just stop, just don't draft them. Why also, would like, you do this? We know a thousand examples of the NHL exhibiting near tyrannical control of its individual clubs, and you couldn't yes. stop this one. That's what I mean. You couldn't be like, yo, I know he's draft eligible, everyone, but you cannot draft him. Right. Sorry. But we're just not going to allow I'm, it. Gary Bettman, I, you know he intimidates these people borderline illegally. He just says, listen, I'll take your freaking kneecaps. I will find <laughs> a way to truly, truly hurt you if you do this. Because this is not the image the league needs right mm. now. You can draft this kid next year. Trade up in the draft. Celebrate it. We'll throw a party next year. Yeah. Next year. Because that's, that's a fucking thing. Next year, I know I know he committed, you know, a, a, a I believe it was like a basically a sexting, like yeah, an exposed, yeah. like a revenge porn photos, sort of thing. Yeah. But not even that. I don't think it was even that seedy. I think it was like sharing it with teammates. But whatever it was, not cool. But not to minimize it in any way. But next year, it's probably gonna be spun a little bit as a redemption story. That's what I mean. You know, yeah. like he's lo- he did his time. He t- he took a whole year off. Not off, but like he did all his work, he did his community service, whatever he's going to do to rehab his image. And now it's like, oh, great, you know, what a story. Kids learning from their mistakes is so good. You know, people mm. love that sort of stuff. This year, now you've just made it an embarrassment. You forced this kid into a corner that he literally publicly said he didn't want to be in. Like, the, again, I'm not trying to paint this guy in too rosy a light, but it took some courage to publish a letter and be like, yeah, guys, I don't want to be drafted. I've been living for this dream my entire life, but also I made a mistake and I want time to own my mistake and go and play in London again if they'll have me back. And then hopefully after that, you can consider me as a new player and all that stuff like that. Took a little bit of courage. It took a little introspection. And you just throw all that shit under the rug. And then, more important than any of that, this man has a victim who, you know, don't know what's happened to her life in this whole thing. But now you, as you said, just threw her into public spotlight. Just completely showed that you're a league, you're an organization that doesn't give a damn about her. And how could you expect any less with the... Blackhawks picking neck and next in their please don't look over here committee of women behind them and again I'm not trying to minimize the women but it could not have been a more transparent public relations gesture to say have Stan Bowman standing out there saying look how inclusive we are yay you know like it's just it's just unbelievable to me this league it takes three steps backwards for every step forward it takes and i get sick of it i was trying to find a tweet some man i can't remember what it was but it was basically like montreal is also at one point i mean a couple years ago inquired about slava voinov uh who used to be a king and i believe was part of domestic abuse and then there was another there was some other thing i think they said and this is all i don't know this for sure but like i think they had made what was their player that's moved all around galchenya yeah. Apologize for some sort of like domestic violence thing that I believe he was the victim of. Oh, nice. But he had to like apologize for it so they could clear it up or whatever. Anyways, Montreal has not been great. Uh, Mark Bergevin clearly just doesn't give any craft. <laughs> and in certain ways, great. In many other times ways, that's fun. Tonight it was awful. And... It just. It's, I hate using the word too because I had a boss that used it all the time and it sucked. But like. The optics of this to end, to end your like draft. you said, your draft on this your note. second ever event on this new network. Not ever, yeah. but second on this new 
deal. I mean, the four guys at that desk, I don't know about... Just shocked. Yeah, I'm just like... Literally Didn't speechless. know what else to say because they had... The, they're scrambling. They have to talk the hockey aspect because that's what they're there yeah. for. But like to talk about like he's a real good hockey player. Yeah. It's kind of like Which they not do, the point. They do just kind of tag on on the end like on the ice makes a ton of sense. <laughs> <laughs> But so they just have to sit there with it because it makes no sense. And that, yeah, like you said, your second broadcast for, on the network. It literally sucks for every single person involved. And you could have just taken Spetchkov yeah. or whoever. That's what I mean. Like, it's not it's like. It's not like there was nobody there. You know, it's, it's not like you had three guys left and like, you well, know, he's the best one. You had so many people. You know what? As much as it would be like god awful and shitty, if you're picking dead last, the so called Mr. Irrelevant, yeah. and you pick him there. Like, he's a hundred times better than anyone else that you could still pick. But, like, this is just to do... This is just... You just want this player, and you don't give a damn what... The audacity, especially, because he's... I know there's a lot of French-Canadian players every year, but, like, I gotta think part of it's like, well, he's French-Canadian, you know? That's what we gotta have. And it's like, fucking shit, man. The francophone crap going on over there where they're like, we just gotta have it this way. It's like... Go you be don't. your own country and get the fuck out of the yeah, NHL. Please, please secede from us. <laughs> please spare us of your presence any longer. Man. Wackadoo, huh? Incredible. Crazy. And again, it's like a crappy way to end this podcast, right. which is why I will quickly tell the story of how today I was pulled over and searched for drugs. So, <laughs> not person, not this my is, person. This is a normal thing. This is a, well, it happened pretty near normal Illinois, probably not, probably Ew. significantly south. But yes, so last night I drove home from Jacksonville, work trip that didn't end up needing to happen at all to begin with. So, that's fine. And schedules Always a good feeling. Schedules change and I'm not furiously bitter about it. No, I really, you know, it's fine. I always enjoy visiting the home office, but I drove home and got to I checked out a day early, um, came home, footed my own hotel bill because, um, you know, I, I, they were also paying for a hotel for me to sleep in Jacksonville that I just wasn't using that night. I sleep in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. I wake up at like six this morning because I'm trying to get home and do like uh, most of it, like half a day of work, you know, um, and I pull off to get gas at this little place in middle of Illinois. I get gas. I leave, and I kind of jerk into a lane, admittedly, because I'm wrong about which side of the uh, highway the exit is on. And I see there's a cop behind me, and he's got his lights on already. And I pull off onto the on-ramp, because that's really the only place I can go at this point. I pull onto the shoulder, and of course he stops behind me, which, you know, I assume, but you're always hopeful. He comes up to my uh, driver's or my passenger side window, asks for my license, asks for my registration, doesn't care at all to look at either of them. This dude, I think this dude like already was just gonna like like I I get the feeling he was just out to try and search cars for drugs, like that was his duty or patrol or whatever, because that was. He was being awkward from the very beginning, asking like what my job was and where I was coming from. Like friendly, but just strange. And so finally he asked me, get out of the car. He says, with a question mark. Yeah. Would you like, would you mind if I talk to you out here? And folks, I'm sure some folks are out there cringing and being like, no, you got to do this, this, and this. 
I am a doormat, <laughs> especially when it comes to people of authority. So Cops I'm like, love them. yeah, exactly. And it's like, that's how they get you. I know. I know. I'm thinking. I'm thinking in the car. I'm like, this is how they get me. <laughs> and I'm like, sure, I'll step out of the car. Whatever. And I do. And again, he's just talking to me. He's radioing in my driver's license number, whatever. He finally goes, uh, yeah, here's your driver's license. The reason I pulled you over, I guess uh, you probably it's the same way in Missouri, but when you leave private property, uh, you're supposed to come to a stop, which apparently I just pulled out of the gas station one full, one full motion, which I feels like is legal as hell but whatever yeah, what the if, if they want surreal. me to if they want me to come to a stop put a stop sign there yeah. then i'll come to a stop or at least pretend uh and then he's like and also i saw you sort of swerve wins and you know i'm like yeah i was trying to figure out where it was and uh he, he says like you kind of he kind of says like you're free to go whatever thanks for your time i start to walk away and he's like mr ground oh crap i revealed my last name to these people mr tucker yeah there we go <laughs> we got him. no it's like uh you mind if i ask you a couple more questions i'm like i feel like you just told me to go but sure <laughs> you know and he goes like uh you know i'm sure you know this but in like missouri and illinois drugs are a real problem which felt very drugs are bad and cut, you know? uh, And I was like, yeah, yeah, I've heard. Um, I've seen the Super Bowl commercials, you know? And he's like, he proceeds to ask, like, I'm out here on drug patrol and, you know, we just, we want to be extra careful, sort of like, you know, and, and you were being a little erratic before or whatever. And he's like, so I just want to ask, do you have any drugs in your vehicle, sir? I'm like, no, and the listeners don't know this, but I am as milk toast as I as it gets when it comes to any sort of foreign substance. I've <laughs> seen weed like twice in my life, both times by accident, like that level of like completely cut off from it. So it's kind of hilarious to me that I end up in this situation. He proceeds to name every type of drug there is. And ask me individually if I have them in the car. You got any cocaine, any methamphetamines, any marijuana, any and then at one point he's just like any large sums of money. That is a drug for some uh, Yeah, well I assume I what you per- buy or sell drugs with. And I just said no, 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 no. And again he hands me or I guess I still have my driver's license and he's like, Okay, you know, that's all I really need to know, but do you care if I check your vehicle and search it? And I'm like, you know, again, once again, I know there are people out there like, don't let him into your vehicle. He's got no probable cause and all that stuff. And again, I know this too in my head, but my mouth is already saying, yeah, whatever, you know, <laughs> like, and also I'm more amused at this point than nervous, really. Um, at why would he plant drugs? And then he did plant drugs and now I'm impressed. <laughs> But yeah, he's cracking jokes the whole time. He does his search. He leaves, you know, he leaves me be finally. But it was just, it was so strange. You know, I don't know if I fit a profile or what they were thinking. You do look like a drug I do, and that Toyota RAV4, let me tell you, a classic bootlegger's car. Mm. But, you know, folks, uh, whether you're out there getting pulled over on drug busts or you're just riding the drug of Doug Armstrong's latest highway robbery <laughs> trade, I hope you're having an excellent night. I hope Pavel Buchnevich uh, fills all your dreams with joy. I hope you get some sleep because God knows I want some. 
And let's hope there are big things for the Blues tomorrow. Every step I get